This week's episode of the podcast is going to be a little bit different. This is every 10 episodes or so, Kira and I, we get together and we just share stuff that's not interview based. And we've been wanting to do this for quite a while. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of the things that we believe that we believe around copywriting and around uh, the importance of the work that we do and maybe some of the ideas that hold together the copywriter club. Does that sound about right to you, Kira? Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah, like you said, this is something we haven't done before. So I'm not sure how this is going to turn out, but I'm excited to see, to we, see what happens. We could easily find out that we totally disagree on what we That's both true. believe. And uh, yeah, so it will be interesting to kind of see because we have not really talked through this at all before hopping on to record. We just kind of came up with our own lists and now let's share them. Or before we, before we share them though, we should say, that, you know, like always, our podcast is sponsored by something. And this week it is TCC IRL, the Copywriter Club in real life. That's happening in Nashville in just a couple of weeks, March 28th through the 30th. And it is an awesome event. If you don't have a ticket, there are a few tickets left and you can come and join us. Yes. And can I share the the new excitement? The, yeah, what we just decided? Let's just do it. So we just decided uh, that we want to help, you know, the refugees in Ukraine. And so we are going to find an organization that we both feel like is legit and doing great work. And 10% of the profit from TCCIRL will go towards a specific organization, which is TBD, but we will figure it out soon. Um, and just it feels like a good way to do something when it feels like there aren't many things we can do. This is one thing we can do. Um, so we're excited to do that. If you do purchase a ticket, at least you know that part of that um, is going towards a an organization that's doing great work in Ukraine and supporting people. Yeah, that's uh, maybe a small way that we can make a difference from a lot, for a lot of people that are um, being very significantly impacted by uh, the war. Yes. So um, let's kick off with some of your beliefs. And I mean, again, these are TCC beliefs, but it's kind of fun because Rob, you know, we both have our own beliefs that bleed into TCC. And if we disagree, we'll talk about it. So I know this is one that we both hold in common because we talk about <laughs> it a lot. Yeah. But number one, community over competition. If you've been around the Copywriter Club for any length of time, you realize that we really do value this community. And bringing people together who may be incredibly different in so many ways and having this thing, copywriting, marketing that we have in common and a place where we can share ideas, enjoy each other's company, get to know each other, share leads, um, you know, talk about this stuff in and from maybe even completely opposite worldviews, but valuing the community and not looking at everybody else around us thinking, oh my gosh, you know, these are other copywriters. They're the people that they're going to be pitching my clients as well. We can help each other. We can help each other grow even when we are working with similar clients. And so number one, community over competition. Yeah. And has that, has that shown up for you and in, in your business, Rob, just like where you have maybe viewed people as competitors and then you've changed that mindset and there's been you know, a positive outcome. For sure. 
For sure. I, I mean, I think for the whole, you know, first decade or two of my, of working, you know, I would think of other copywriters as the competition, not necessarily like cutthroat, you know, I've got to take them down or whatever, but uh, sharing leads would have been, you know, the kind of thing of like, why would I give away a lead to somebody who, you know, now they're going to be making money or helping this client? Like, why wouldn't I hold on to all of this or, um, and even maybe things that I know about copywriting. Why would I help you learn to write bullets if that's going to make you better than me? And now you're going to be able to take away my clients. Like I might not have taken that same approach, but uh, I don't know if it's maturity. I don't know if it's just, you know, that I started joining mastermind groups or meeting you or what it was that really shifted that for me. But uh, surrounding yourself with people who can be helpful, supportive, it's so much a better approach than trying to take on the world all by myself. What about you? I was just going to say, like, you and I are actually very competitive with each other. We joke around about it, and it's mostly playful, but it's also okay to be really competitive if that's who you are, um, if that's how you operate best. Like, I operate in a competitive way when I need to get stuff done, but that doesn't mean I view every other copywriter out there and creative out there as competition. Um, but I can play with it and have fun. I almost set up my own gaming system to help me get the results I want in my business. And so um, I think you can have it both ways, but I do agree with what you've said and we have said it before. Um, the copywriters we see do the best um, typically in our programs seem to have this mindset shift somewhere along the way um, where they form more partnerships and see the upside rather than the downside. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so what's the number one thing on your list? Well, I'm going to jump in here because this yours bleeds into this next one for me, which is similar, but we believe you should pursue an idea, a niche, a specialty, even a title, even if someone you respect is already working in that space and, you know, quote unquote, owning it or has that title already. And I'm sharing that because when we are viewing other copywriters as collaborators and we're in community with them, what often happens is that we don't want to disrespect other copywriters because we love them so much and we hold ourselves back from pursuing what we want to pursue because we oftentimes think, well, that person's already doing it. Um, or like, I can't be this brand specialist because so-and-so already owns that. And so we believe no one owns any of that. Um, and we've said that before, we'll say it again, you know, of course, like don't actually copy, steal or cheat your way into building your business. I mean, we, we all know that, but don't be your own barrier. Don't hold yourself back um, because don't get in your own way. Um, and that's just something that I think is really important. And it comes up so frequently in our conversations with copywriters behind the scenes. And, you know, a good way to think about it is just like, there is not just one orthodontist in the world who specializes in fixing teeth. There is not just one dermatologist who specializes in skin diseases. And so like there is not just one copywriter who can specialize in whatever that problem is. Um, there's more than enough opportunity. And so um, hopefully you aren't holding yourself back if there's something that you really want to own, but you're afraid to own it. 
Yeah. Like you said, we see this all the time where people will say, I can't talk about conversion copywriting because somebody else is already like, I learned that from Joanna or I, uh, you know, picked it up from this other source, or I can't talk about uh, brand voice or website copy or this approach to email because somebody else is already doing it. And I, I really like your comparison to the orthodontist. I mean, it's not just, there's more than one orthodontist fixing teeth. There's probably more than one orthodontist in your neighborhood that's, that's doing it. And so the world is so big and there's so much space. And I think this is one area where niching really helps because if you're talking about email copy or brand voice or whatever to your niche, as opposed to a you know, insular group of copywriters like us, this is all new information to most of those people. And it's helpful to all of those people. And if you hold back because somebody else got there first, your niche isn't going to hear about this thing. And, uh, and so, yeah, I 100% agree. If you feel passionate about some area of your business, talk about it, talk about it in your way, create your own ideas around it. Talk about it using your own unique stories, maybe even create a framework around it and talk about it your way. There's plenty of space to share your expertise and knowledge without stepping on other people's toes. And of course, you're going to do it ethically. We're not stealing. We're not recommending you steal somebody else's processes or any of that. But yeah, don't hold yourself back. I love that. Yeah. And because we're speaking about orthodontists, you know, out of all the orthodontists in the world, I managed to choose one of the worst ones um, for my teeth which is another story for another time. Wait, yeah, no, no he was like, loop. he was insane. I ended up working with a different one because he was just playing with my teeth and moving them around for fun and took us a while to figure that out. So anyway, lots of opportunity for orthodontists. Um, just, yeah, I clearly did not choose the best one, but. It feels like a story that needs to be expanded <sighs> on at some point in the future. Maybe, maybe. Or therapy. Like or, it's yeah. just for therapy. <laughs> This is why I have dreams and nightmares about my teeth. Um, okay, so let's go back to you, Rob. Okay, next next on my list, and this is an idea that I know I've repeated on the podcast before, but investing in yourself is never a bad investment. You, you there are all kinds of bad ways to invest, you know, buying fancy cars or you know something like that. But if you are investing in yourself, if you're learning a new skill, if you're opening yourself up to new possibilities, that will always, always pay off. So, you know, think about, and I'm not necessarily saying you should buy every course out there or that you should join every mastermind, but think about what you need. Think about the holes in your experience or in your skills or in your networks. And if you can find an investment that helps you fill that, and find a solution for that so that you can serve your clients better, so that you can get better personally. That's always going to be an investment worth making. Yes, I, I stand by that too. Okay, so I'm going to jump over to something that feels relevant today, especially especially today um, and always. But we believe it's okay. It's actually more than okay to celebrate your business wins, even when it feels like the world is burning down. Because we need the yin and the yang. So if you look out your window or flip on the TV or flip on a podcast and you just feel down or you're feeling all the feelings because that's how we many of us are, um, you know, you have every right to also feel uh, excited about your business, feel joyful, you know, a minute later and celebrate your own personal wins or business wins. We really need that balance and um, 
and, you know, especially during hard times to continue to celebrate those joyful moments with meaningful work. Um, I believe that's important. Um, so I just wanted to share that as well. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I, if the world is always negative, if, you know, everything around you is down, discouraging, um, that's not a good place to be and it impacts us. And of course there are good things happening around us, even when there are bad things happening around us. And so looking for the good, celebrating that I think is really, really important. And, uh, yeah. So how do you celebrate wins, Kira? Like, are there things that you do to identify or, you know, to really make sure that they're getting recognized and not just glossed over? Oh, I mean, I should, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, I should walk my talk. Um, I think for me, I actually struggle with celebrating the wins. And I think you do too. And together, we haven't been great at that. I know, like, we're working on that as a team to celebrate our wins. Um, But I think for me, the win is actually just embracing the moment and feeling the feeling of joy or like the feeling of, wow, like, I feel grateful for my children, um, my family, for my home, um, and not feeling the shame around that because other people are suffering. And especially again, like when you're plugged in and you're just like, you know, doom scrolling, um, as we often do, sometimes for me, I feel like, ah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel happy today. Like I shouldn't feel good today. Um, But this is just more for me, a reminder that it's actually okay. And it's more than okay. We need that. Like we do, like you said, we do not want the world to just like dim just because regions of the world are, um, are suffering and other people are suffering. So for me, it's more of a reminder to tap into that. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So I want to go back to something on my list and that is simply this smart business owners find and use mentors and coaches. And, you know, when I say that, Uh, That doesn't always mean that it's a paid relationship, although that can be a really good way to get in the right rooms with the right people. But finding people that you can learn from uh, is really, really crucial. And I'll even take that a a step forward and say it it can be really helpful to only listen to one coach at a time so that you're not getting a ton of different voices and you're struggling with which things do I implement? What do I work on next? Um, There may be people who that works for them. But in my experience with me and a lot of the other copywriters that I've seen is if you've got one person that you can work with, that you trust, that can give you the advice and help that you need, learn from them, read every email they send out, listen, you know, show up for every one of their trainings, implement the things that they say, get everything you can out of them before moving on to the next mentor or coach. Yeah, I was going to add that if you hadn't just said that is a struggle, you know, especially if you like stack your mentors and stack your coaches. And um, I think there is power in having that wise counsel available to you. But, you know, having one person who's kind of front and center as your go-to mentor during this particular stage in your business and life is helpful so that you don't have competing ideas and just competing um, demand on your time. And I did that last year. I had two, you know, two kind of mentors and, and paid masterminds I was in. And I did feel that pull. It was, it was really hard to execute because I was being pulled into different directions and had, um, almost like too many resources available. And so I actually found that I got less done. And so that's something that I'm not going to do again. It just doesn't work for me. So unless you know, it just, that's how you operate. Um, just be careful before plugging into multiple 
mentor solutions at once. And that can be a really hard thing too, because there are so many smart people out there, so many things that we want to learn. And, you know, again, like you said, there's so many good resources, but it does uh, pull from our focus. It makes it more difficult to execute on one or two things that might help us move forward. I also think that this is maybe something that happens as we mature as business owners, like when we're just starting out, of course, we're looking at as many people as possible. You're learning, you know, from from five or six different people and you're watching what everybody is doing. But as you start to uh, get past the basics, it really helps to start to focus and to really listen to, you know, one person in depth. Now, I'm, you know, I'm not saying you can't listen to, you know, three or four different coaches who have podcasts or whatever. But when what I'm really saying here is, when you're investing in that relationship, choose the one and learn from them. Yes. Okay. Um, so another belief, we believe you can call yourself a copywriter and be an active part of the copywriter club, even if writing copy is actually a small part of your job. Um, so this is something that comes up frequently in our community too, in conversation. Um, we chat with a lot of copywriters who are like, I don't know if I can be a part of the copywriter club anymore or like, I don't even know if I should be at TCC IRL because I'm, I'm not really a copywriter anymore. So that's okay. And many of us really outgrow our role as a copywriter. We may even outgrow that title, um, but that doesn't mean it's not still a part of our story and our evolution and how we approach problem solving in the new role and the new business direction. So it's, it's okay to shift from calling yourself a copywriter or a content writer to something maybe more focused and more of a specialty like client acquisition strategist or messaging coach or brand strategy consultant or something else. There's, you know, hundreds of titles to choose from. But, you know, if you are part of this club, you are always part of it. And just know that we're always excited to see so many careers unfold in interesting ways. Um, and st really stem from this copywriting and writing as a core of who we are and how we think and how we process information. And so this is just, it's normal. It's normal. And we kind of all go through it at different stages and that's okay. You don't have to leave, leave the club. Um, you're always a part of it. I think the awesome thing about copywriting skills is they are so applicable across so many different opportunities. You know, everything from, I mean, we know copywriters who have become stock traders that are using their their copy skills to do that. People who have launched their own physical products businesses and they're using their copywriting skills to sell those products. Obviously, all of the strategist kind of roles, brand voice specialists, a brand, you know, all, there's so many ways that we use our copywriting skills. And I think that's what's so great about that skill. It's a superpower that can just be used in so many ways. And so, yeah, I agree. Uh, another another shared belief that uh, you don't have to only. We haven't disagreed yet. We we, are, we need to try harder to disagree here. All right, I don't think we're going to disagree on my next one, but okay. uh, this is something that we uh, lean into really hard in the accelerator program, where we talk about building a successful copywriting business and all of the business skills that are needed to do that. But this belief is the skills that are required to run a successful copywriting business are different from the skills that you need to be a good copywriter. Business is very different from copywriting and you need both to succeed as a copywriter. Yes, yes. <laughs> no argument there. No, well, I, I was thinking about it too and I, I think there's so many talented writers who um, are so great. I mean, they could be the best 
best specialist in their area, the best writer, most talent. But if they aren't focusing on the business side, then they could go under. They could lose their entire business, even though they have all that talent because they aren't, they haven't built systems in their business to attract leads and to make sure that they have a healthy lead flow and they aren't marketing themselves and they aren't building processes even to help um, customers return and clients return. And so uh, I agree. I feel like that is something overlooked and really in order, if you have all that talent, like (laughs) pair it with focusing on your business and building up those skills and those experiences and those processes, really, you know, it's all tools and processes so that it can help you turn your talent into a business that is profitable. Yep. And I'm just going to add here as a plug that if you're listening to this and thinking, oh, I am a pretty good copywriter, but man, I struggle with all of that business stuff. Look for uh, upcoming emails about the Copywriter Accelerator. We'll be launching again this summer and you can check out and see if that's the kind of thing that might help you get over the hump because that's what we focus on entirely in that program is the business skills that you need to be a good copywriter or to be a successful copywriter business owner. Yes. Okay. So um, I'm going to jump over to one. Okay. We believe every copywriter has a unique X factor. If you dig deep enough and are willing to give it the time it needs so you can explore, so you can question yourself, question your business, and really open yourself up to feedback from peers to figure out what makes you different and um, better than everyone else at that particular thing that you do as a professional. And so every copywriter does have that unique combination of gifts and talents, experiences, skills, interests, and way beyond. And even though we may all use similar processes, similar research processes, um, and we work towards similar outcomes and deliverables, but we are not the same. And so, you know, Rob and I have done this several hundreds of times now um, and helped copywriters figure out their X factor. And we are always able to help them figure it out, but it may take time and it does take time and it takes digging. And the ones who figure it out are the ones who keep asking questions, digging deeper to figure it out. But we all have it. Um, It's just some some writers do not know what it is because they haven't worked through the process um, or are not familiar with the process or may not even be aware that they don't know what it is and it could be useful. And the ones who do figure it out have worked through a similar process and have used it to build their business. Yeah, I think this is really the key to attracting the right clients to your business. You know, there are a myriad of ways to be different and a myriad of ways even to be better than other copywriters. But uh, you really have to stand out. You have to you have to show how you're different and you have to talk about the things that make you unique. And so knowing your X factor, how that combination of all the things, your experience, your credentials, all the things that you've done matches up, lines up with the needs that your clients have, the problems that they have and thinking very deeply about what those problems are, you know, going well beyond just the initial needs, figuring out where that lines up and how you can serve them in a, in a way that's different based on your niche, on your deliverables. Like there's so much stuff that comes together here. And that's, that is really the thing that makes you stand out from others. And earlier we said, you know, that we're all about collaboration, not competition. And that's true. But there are also times when a client is trying to choose you over other copywriters. And if you know your X factor, if you know what 
thing it is that makes you different, unique, better, and you're able to talk about that in a, you know, an intelligent way, then you're going to connect with that client more often. And that's where collaboration really comes into play because when you're clear about what you do, how you do it differently, um, why you're the best person to solve that particular problem, and then you meet a prospect, a potential client, and maybe it's not the perfect fit because you're really clear on what you do and they're clear on their problem, then this is where you can refer someone else and say, well, I can't help you with this because I do X, Y, and Z, but my friend Rob can help you because this is his specialty. And so all of a sudden our X factor and these specialties that we have become really helpful to actually support more collaboration instead of playing up more competition. So I think it it just helps the ecosystem work more efficiently. Yep. Yep. And we talk a lot about X Factor in all of our programs, the Accelerator, the Underground, the Think Tank. We, we try to help everybody because it's just such a critical piece of the marketing that you do. Okay. Next from my list, um, building your authority is the key to getting clients to find you rather than the other way around. And I want to clarify this a little bit because it is possible to be a successful copywriter and just hunker down in your copy cave and get referrals from people you know. But if you want a real steady stream of clients to come to you, so you really break out of the feast and famine cycle, or you're not relying solely on referrals, building your authority in your niche, in your space is the key to doing that. And in order to do that, uh, there are myriads of ways to do it, right? So you can be on podcasts, you can build a video show, you can write a book, you can show up and, and simply offer advice at, at networking events and social media. But all of those things help build you as an authority, as a celebrity, as an expert in your space. And that really truly is the key to growing your business. I will add to that, that you can start anytime. You don't need to wait to build your authority. And that's something that pops up frequently too is just, well, I'm not ready or I need I need the, you know, my website copy to be finished before I start building my authority or I need to have my systems dialed in before I start to market myself. Um, you, yeah, that's all helpful and continue to do that work behind the scenes and build those systems. But you, you can start tomorrow and put yourself out there and build your authority and increase your visibility. And you can be a brand new copywriter and have something to offer and to share with, with your audience. Uh, you don't have to wait. And no one, no one is going to tap you on the shoulder. I mean, if we're working with you, we probably will tap you on the shoulder and like nudge you and then maybe even push you. But you don't need to wait for that. And you don't need that. And you don't need it from us. You can choose yourself and start today and figure out what you do best. Rob just gave a bunch of great examples. Um, you can figure out how to build your authority and even talk about it in a different way. If you don't even like to think about it like building your authority, if that language doesn't hit for you, talk about it in a different way um, that works for you. But figure out what you do best, how you shine, how do you shine? And it can stem from real life. You know, what typically works well? When do people pay attention to you? When do you light up? Um, it could be content writing and writing a long form article. And you know that if you write a long form um, blog post that it really hits home with people and they feel connected to it. Or for, for us, I mean, for me, and um, I feel like it's so much easier to jump into a podcast and interview someone. Like that is 
fun. It's enjoyable. It's easy. And it's part of, you know, our X factor as hosts of this podcast. So that's something we can do more of and build our authority that way. Uh, but it looks very different for everyone. And so it's worth exploring that and playing around with it to figure out what that looks like for you. But there's something out there for everyone. For sure. And there are things that everyone can do now, you know, having your email list, if you, uh, you know, have an email list, like emailing them and talking about what you do, documenting the projects that you're working on, your thoughts, those kinds of things. Showing up in social media is another place where you can start doing it in a small way. And you can experiment with this too, you know, as you throw out ideas and messages, arguments, whatever, see what resonates and see what people respond to. And maybe you lean into more of that or, uh, you know, think about the ideas that you disagree with or that you want to share with the world and just start putting them out there in a small way. And as you then start perfecting the systems, everything else in your business, your authority grows right along with it. And as clients start to come to you, you've got everything in place to support them. Yeah. And, and when you say experiment, because we are fans of experimentation in your business, but also we're not saying dabble and we're not saying go out tomorrow and like post, you know, post on Instagram and then maybe a couple of days later post on LinkedIn and then maybe pitch a couple podcasts to speak and guest on podcasts. Um, experiment in an organized way so that there are some metrics attached to it. There is a clear outcome and goal you're working towards. And there's a period of time you've dedicated to this experiment and there's some, you know, purpose behind it rather than just kind of random dabbling and like playing around. I think you can play in a productive way or just play and lose time and be like, I have no idea what I got out of this and nothing's working. So I'm back at square one. Yeah, I agree with that. hundred percent. We are probably going to agree on this one too, Rob. And I'm just going to start making up some new beliefs that we may disagree on because- we need more conflict. We need more conflict in this podcast episode. You're trying, you're trying to introduce, con yeah. There's not enough it's conflict in the world. We need more conflict in this podcast. Um, okay, we believe your copywriting business can not only provide financial stability and wealth, but it can also be meaningful. It can also make a difference in the lives of your clients. And we also believe your business can be the ticket to achieving those other big goals in your life. So I like to look at the business as the way, the revenue from the business as almost like a ticket to pursuing my other aspirations. And that could be different for everyone. Um, it could be that your business uh, allows you to invest in properties or it gives you additional income so you can enroll in um education and more school to pursue, you know, pursue another path or another side career. Um, it could help you fund another business. Oftentimes we talk to copywriters and they're, you know, they love writing copy for their clients and they're passionate about it, but they also have this other idea, like the, the next business. And so we can leverage our copywriting businesses to get to the next business too, which oftentimes some of us are more passionate about. Um, it even gives you, you know, the income to create and fund a new podcast. We know a lot of copywriters are interested in starting podcasts, but podcasts do take time. I mean, Rob knows that better than anyone. Um, and thank you to our editor, Fina. We have a team to help produce this podcast. It takes a ton of time and effort and resources. Um, and so even just to fund that and to provide resources to launch a podcast or something similar, 
um, all of this can be done and our copywriting business, you know, like our small and mighty copywriting business can be the foundation for all of it. Uh, so that is all possible. And I think the important part that I have to tell myself is that you can, you can create the wealth and still do meaningful work and not feel bad about the fact that you are generating revenue and um, creating wealth for, for your family and um, hopefully for your team as well, um, while also doing great work that helps other people. Yeah. And I think related to that too, we see this thing happening in the marketing world and in copywriting. Often we see it because that's our world, right? But that the goal is a six-figure business or to you know be mid you know, $100,000 plus, whatever. And we recognize that's not everybody's goal. Your goal might simply be just to take a couple of projects on to, you know, afford uh, another car or, you know, to help with the family budget or whatever. Like everybody doesn't need that massive goal, but copywriting can help you achieve whatever your goal is. Uh, some, some people do have those big goals and copywriting is perfect for that. And if your goals aren't those and they're smaller, copywriting is also perfect for that. And I think that leads into my next, we believe, and that is there isn't one right way to build a business. Uh, a lot of gurus that we see in the world, they're teaching how they did it. You know, I did these six steps and built a million dollar business. And if you join in my program, I will show you the six steps and you'll be able to build a million dollar business too. And that might work for some, but we believe that it's better to figure out what you want and then get the right support to build that instead of trying to recreate somebody else's business. So maybe those beliefs all kind of roll in together. This is all rolling together because my belief is that we believe plugging into a copywriter mastermind, I mean, similar to the copywriter think tank, which we offer, um, allows you to have access to a room full of different experts, different viewpoints, different experiences and skill sets. And that ultimately, like that can be the game changer in your business because like Rob said, now you're not looking at just one way to build the business. You're not following one path from one guru. You're actually opening your eyes and exposing yourself to 20, 30 other people and 30 other ways to run a business and to write copy and to market and to sell. And, um, and once you're open to all of that, you'll start to figure out what works for you and pull ideas and figure out what also, like more importantly, what doesn't work for you. And so to me, that's that's the best way to get off the one track where you're like, I've got to do it this way because this person did it this way. And it, it's, it's really the ultimate buffet. You know, the mastermind, any mastermind, if it's done well, is a buffet of ideas and you can pick and choose and go up for extras and um, also, you can put something on your plate and not eat it if you don't like it without judgment, which is what I have done many times at buffets. Um, but yes, I think that is the best way to figure out what works for you so you can create a unique business. Yeah, oftentimes we've said this, that we want to be the dumbest person in the room. And when we talk about masterminds, that's a really good approach to have. The mastermind that you and I belong to right now Oh my gosh. We're, we're like the smallest <laughs> business in the room. There are some people in the room that have eight and nine figure businesses, and we're not even close to that. And being, but exposing ourselves to the ideas that they have, the things that they're doing with their marketing, the products that they're building, the way that they interact with their customers, the sales processes that they have, like that just changes the way that we think about our business. And so, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and thinking, okay, you know, maybe I, 
do want to, you know, grow or to do something a little bit different or to, you know, see if there's a different approach that would work for me, find a mastermind where you can be the dumbest person in the room, the smallest business. And oftentimes, if you really want to hang out with people who are doing things successfully, it costs money. You know, there, there are free masterminds. You can create your own mastermind, but to really learn from uh, some of the experts that you might look up to, you may need to pay to to join their programs just to get that exposure. And that's, like I was saying earlier, an investment like that is almost always worthwhile. Yeah. And I mean, we were in our mastermind call yesterday and they were talking about how there are nine, nine figure business, nine figure business owners in the same room as us. And I was like, there's no reason I should not be in a room with someone who's making that much from their business. Um, but then I also was like, I should, hundred percent be in this room because I, we have something to offer. Rob and I have something to offer to that room. And so I think part of it is um, when you do step into a room like that is to know that you also do have something to offer, even if you feel like the dumbest person in the room. And even if you really are the smallest business financially in the room, that you always have something to offer um, when you show up and you're kind of just like ready to be there and to um, to give back to the group. And so yeah, that's that's how I look at it and how I feel better about being the dumbest person in the room that we are in. And even with our the mastermind that we run, like the think tank, oftentimes we show up and and I still feel like maybe I'm the dumbest person Me here too. because the, the people who are are in that group are just they're doing amazing things and the the ideas that they share are helping each other. So yeah, there's there's uh, lots of approaches here, but um, maybe it's just because I'm not that bright that I'm always the dumbest person in the room. <laughs> That is not it, Rob. I assure you that is not it. Okay. Here's another one. Uh, we believe that a lot, maybe even most marketing problems are really pricing problems. And that is copywriters are not charging for the value that we create uh, or we're undercharging. We often negotiate against ourselves, wondering if the client is going to accept the price that we should be charging. We discount in order to land projects. And if we were to price our projects properly, a lot of the marketing problems that we have, uh, you know, finding more clients, bringing in enough leads, those kinds of things start to go away because we have the money from the projects that we are getting that the problems that we are solving and having products, services that are priced appropriately helps solve a lot of those lead acquisition marketing issues. I will add to that. We believe that the majority of sales problems are actually marketing problems. Would you agree with that, Rob? I would, yeah. I mean, if you have done your marketing properly, then the sales almost always will come easy because you've basically shown how you solve the problem. You've shown that you've understood the, your client's needs. Those are all things that you can do with marketing. If you have to do them in sales, it means that you haven't been doing your marketing very well. Yeah, and I can think of one copywriter in particular who's... Um, who struggled with this because she was landing on all these sales calls, getting referrals. Like she had a solid referral um, process in place and, you know, great copywriter. But when a prospect was talking to her on a sales call, she knew that they were always talking to at least two other copywriters um, because they had a list they were running through. And what she struggled with was her own marketing because she was not building her own authority and creating marketing messages that differentiated herself and included her, X factor. And so once she started to market more effectively and talk about what made her different and show up as the expert that she already was, she was already that expert, just she wasn't sharing that 
once she started to do that, then the sales call game changed because that's when that's when people just jump on a call with you and they don't want to talk to anyone else. Like that is the sweet spot where we can get with our own marketing where someone just wants to talk to you. They may even be willing to wait a couple of weeks to get on a sales call with you. They don't want to talk to anyone else. That I mean that's definitely like the goal. Um it takes work to get there, but Oftentimes, if you feel like sales aren't working, you get on sales calls and it just never pans out. I would look at your marketing first. Yep. Uh, Yeah. Super smart. Related to that belief, uh, we believe that economics matter more than conversion rates. And I think a lot of times as copywriters, we get hung up on conversion rates. You know, uh, we see this asked all the time in our Facebook group, what's a good conversion rate for my market? You know, is 4% good? Is 8% good? And when it comes down to it, conversion rates actually don't matter all that much. What really matters is the cost per acquisition, what it costs you to get a lead or a customer, and then uh, divided by the lifetime value of that customer. If that's positive, then you can make money with the business that you have. If it's negative, you'll never make money. And so thinking about your business, and this kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about business skills versus copywriting skills, but thinking about your business like a business where customers need to be acquired or that you can use these kinds of economics to help your clients. So they need to be acquiring customers at a price that is less than the lifetime value uh, that they bring to the business. That sounds like common sense, but we oftentimes overlook it when we're talking about, you know, what we do as copywriters. And so if you can, you know, if you've got clients that are talking about, oh, I, you know, you've only got a 2% conversion rate, that's the wrong conversation to be having. The economics and what value you bring to a business are so much more important. And we need to be able to talk about those more. I like that one. I have nothing to add other than I like that. Okay. Uh, I have a couple more we believes, and I have a couple I believes, Rob, that I'm going to add to the mix in a little bit. So we believe you can scale your business beyond what you thought possible and stretch yourself, like really stretch yourself, even if you have never owned the title, the CEO title, if you've never even pictured yourself building a business, um, or if you never imagined even growing a team, if there are things that you just never thought you would do. It is okay to surprise yourself. It's okay to pivot. It's okay to try something that is out of your comfort zone and and doesn't even fit in with your own identity that you've created for yourself. Um, It's okay to do the things that you never thought you would do and just see what happens. And I think that's something that you know, speaks to me because so many <laughs> of the things we've done in the copywriter club, I never thought I would do. I never thought I'd have a business partner. I never wanted a business partner. I never thought I'd have a, a team, a growing team. Um, there are many things that I have opened myself up to and kept an open mind and, and really surprised myself because it's been incredible, an incredible experience and also um, su- a super smart move for the business. And so it may not be necessarily taking on a business partner or growing a team, but you know, what else have you been closed? Have you closed yourself off to what ideas have you closed yourself off to that you could try and possibly surprise yourself? Yeah, I like that. And related to that, I would add, you know, we believe that if you want to grow your business and take on those new roles, as you get larger, you need to find leverage in your business. So that involves, maybe it involves having a team, 
maybe it involves having partners that are you know helping you get things done. Maybe it's bringing in people that help you switch from those ten dollar an hour tasks to hundred dollar or thousand dollar an hour tasks, but bringing leverage into your business so that you can take on those new roles. You can experiment with your business in new ways, I think is really important. All right. This is, I believe my last, I believe this is my last believe. We believe it's possible to do more good in the world when you're operating a profitable business. As we all know, and we've all been there, when you are stressed beyond belief over finances, over paying your bills, over, you know, stressing over your next client or the fact that you don't have a client lined up all of a sudden, um, you know, number one, when that happens, just know that you are not alone. This is normal. This happens to all of us from time to time. And you'd be surprised at who it happens to and at what stage in their business. Um, but it happens. So let's just take the shame out of it. And let's just focus on when that happens, how can you reach out for help? And then number two, when this happens and you're feeling anxiety and not sleeping at night because of the finances, it is harder to then give to others. It is much harder to support organizations and nonprofits that you care about to show up and even to like share your voice and be a change agent if that's important to you, to pursue new ideas, to problem solve. All of that, you know, if that's if that's important to you, it is nearly impossible to do that if you are distracted, um, you know, rightfully so distracted and stressed about your business. And so um, that is something that can help me remember why it's important to continue to focus on business activities and best practices and taking action and not necessarily freezing in a crisis and just being like, I'm just going to go to bed and I'm not going to deal with this. Wake me up when this is all over. That isn't going to help because if I want to actually create any type of change or be of any use, I need to keep the business running so that I have what I need to give back. And so this is really just a reminder for me. Yeah. Your business is a tool that makes the rest of your life work. And uh, yeah, I agree with that. In fact, I would add that, you know, I believe, we believe there's no such thing as balance, that you know, life and business is a series of choices and priorities. And there's no way to fit in everything that you might want to do. And so you've got to make choices. You've got to narrow down the list. And over time, you may be able to accomplish more of those things, but none of us can be everything. None of, none of us can do everything. And so you know, trying to find a balance that works for you with the choices, the priorities that you set matters. And going back to what you were just saying, your business is something that should uh, be a tool for accomplishing that rather than, you know, taking over everything or, or, you know, um, throwing that out of balance. What else do you have, Rob? So I've got a couple more. Um, we believe that professionals show up as professionals, copywriters who, you know, show up for calls on time. You, deliver what you say, you, you're reliable, you deliver on deadline, you don't charge more than you promised, like that's being a professional. And if you want to be a professional, then you have to act like a professional. And I think my final, we believe with, uh, with us, we kind of already said this one, but everything is an experiment. Nothing is permanent. You can shift niches, you can change the products that you 
work on. You can change clients. You can change pricing. Everything is worth playing around with and experimenting. And if it works and it works for you, do more of it. And if it's not working, it's not a failure. You're learning from it and you're going to do something different. So everything is an experiment. We also believe that momentum and confidence, both of those are the key to this entire business building game that we play. So, and we can all do something. We can control that momentum. We can control the confidence uh, at a micro level. So you can feel it daily. And what it, what builds momentum for you will be different than what builds it for me or for Rob. And the same goes for confidence. What builds my confidence may be very different than what builds your confidence. But taking some time to really think about you know, what does momentum feel like that energy of, wow, I'm, I'm making progress. Like, this is great. Even if it's really, you know, small progress, baby steps, that's okay. But what does that for you? Like for me, it's early mornings. I mean, we talk, we've talked a lot about that, so we don't need to talk about that. But it's like, if I can get up an hour earlier and get one thing done in the morning, I feel that momentum and that will carry me through the day and make the difference for me. Um, that doesn't work for everyone. And then for confidence, what gives you that confidence? Because really like building a business is all about just, it's like a, it's the confidence game. So what gives you confidence? And again, that's different for everyone. When I was just getting started as a copywriter, um, I gained confidence from getting my copy critiqued by other copywriters I respected. Rob was, you know, Rob is one of them who critiqued my copy early on. Um, many others that I would ask, I was like, can you look at my copy? Tell me what's good, what's bad. And that, increase my confidence. And so I was, I would start charging more. I would start putting myself out there more because I was getting that feedback, which I needed. Like I am somebody who needs that. So whatever it is for you to build your momentum, to feel the momentum, to feel confident, uh, focus on that and do more of that. Um, if that works for you. Yeah. I think that's really important. I, a lot of people get hung up thinking, well, I'm not going to get on stage until I'm confident that I can do a good job. And the problem is confidence is built in the doing. Uh, you know, you, you, you couldn't say, you couldn't have said to me, well, I'll share my copy with Rob when I'm more confident. Like the confidence <laughs> came because you shared copy that you weren't sure about. And the feedback that you got was, you know, this is pretty good. Or here's a place where you're doing this and maybe you could do this differently. And that's the thing that builds confidence. It's not, confidence never comes first. And so I, I'm glad that you added that. Yeah. And like, you never know what will come out of those micro activities, right? So for me, sharing my copy with a bunch of people, but like with Rob, that was one way we made a connection early on before we became business partners. Like maybe that was, you know, a seed that was planted <laughs> in your mind where you may have thought like, oh, Kira, okay, she's a decent copywriter. Like maybe I'll consider her as a business partner one day. So you just never know what will happen when you take that type of action. Um, and then my, I believe, um, although you may, you may believe this as well, but I believe it's possible to be a new parent and have a baby and all the craziness that comes with that while also growing your company. Yeah, if I don't you choose. That. If I'm you <laughs> we did it. We did it last year, Rob. It's a fact. Um while also growing your company or doing whatever else is important to you. It doesn't have to be growing the company. It could be many different things. But for me, that's what I believe and um and we, and we did make it possible, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Uh, it, it is possible. Anybody can do, you know, grow a business, 
no matter what your situation is with the right support, with the right attitude, with, you know, all of, if you can line up those things, um, anything is possible. I want to add one other personal belief too. And I think you agree with this, but that is that every human being has intrinsic value. Um, does not matter, you know, what you may believe politically, religiously, it doesn't matter body size, skin color, socioeconomic status, everybody has value. And I think the more that we see that value in each other, the more that we can support each other, help each other to grow, learn from each other. And going back to where we started, you know, collaboration as opposed to um, competition, if we keep that in mind, it makes everything that we've been talking about so much easier. Yeah, I'm going to add to that one. Um, we'll just keep adding. Um, I That was actually one that I wanted to write down and I forgot, but I also believe that, and I know, I know you believe this too, this is what we've done with the Copywriter Club, but in a time and world that is, you know, highly polarized, that we can come together and I know this sounds very kumbaya-ish, but like we can come together with something that we all have in common because if you're listening, you're a writer. And so we have this thing that we all share. And and like Rob said, we have value as humans and we have this in common so we can come together with all of our other differences and still come together in a civil way and connect and respect each other and have conversations and try to understand each other even if the only thing we have in common is copywriting or writing of any form, and that is it, um, this is a way for us to to connect more people and community in a bigger way. Um, and I think, you know, for us, it's copywriting, and that's this is our tool to to do what Rob said and to see the value in other people. Yeah, and that tool is a superpower, and it can change the world if we allow it to. Okay. Well, I feel like that's a mic drop moment. We should just end right there. But I also think that we should challenge our anyone listening, if you if you are still listening here, um, to possibly run through a similar exercise. This is something that we did, and it was actually really helpful to just articulate some of these beliefs that Rob and I did separate. And um, if that is something that you haven't done in your own business, it may be a useful tool to create some new messaging for your own business, especially if you're working on your website and you're like, I don't know what to say, or you feel like you need some new content for social media, uh, this could be helpful. Um, maybe some new ideas will come out of it that you can use, or maybe not. Maybe it's just, um, maybe it's a total waste of time, but you never know. So I would challenge you to work through this exercise. And if you do it, please, please share and let us know. Everything is an experiment and we'd love to hear how that works out for you. So that's the end of this episode of the Copywriter Club podcast. The intro music was composed by copywriter and songwriter Addison Rice. The outro was composed by copywriter and songwriter David Muntner. If you like what you heard, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with somebody that you know who will like it. And as we mentioned earlier on in the show, there are still a handful of tickets left for the Copywriter Club in real life happening later this month. You'll find a link to uh, be able to buy those tickets in the show notes. Please come hang out with us in Nashville. We would love to meet you in person. And uh, I guess maybe in, in the spirit of celebrating wins, Kara, we should leak this. But sometime in the next three days, this podcast is going to hit a million downloads. 
which is pretty big for us. And if you want to help that ha- happen a little faster, maybe just check out another episode of the podcast, download it, listen to it, and let us know what you think. <laughs> and then maybe that'll happen even faster. But that's a win definitely worth mentioning and celebrating. And we'll be celebrating that um, even bigger in the future. No, that's and that's amazing. And and thank you to anyone who's listened to to um, who has been a part of that million millionth download. And we will have a a toast. I believe we're having a toast at IRL. So if you want to celebrate that in person, um, definitely come to IRL because we're going to throw a big party and we're going to celebrate uh, the millionth download and many other things. So we will hopefully celebrate with you in real life. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Copywriters coming together to help.